Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's rather windy podcast as I'm sat here recording it. I was just telling our uh, guest, Heather, that over here in the UK, we're just having a little bit of a storm. And storm is quite a strong word for us in the UK, but it's our first red alert storm for a number of years where there's a, a, a risk of life, loss of life here. So uh, if I sound a little bit out of breath, listeners, it's because I've just come in from uh, sorting the horses out outside and feel a little bit windswept, to say the least. But let me introduce to you to our guest. Uh, Heather is our guest today, Heather Bennett, uh, and she is a marketing strategist and personal brand coach with over 20 years of experience marketing brands. Her blend of business, brand and marketing expertise combined with her creativity and her empathy that help companies and professionals grow their businesses and careers. Uh, She's worked in various jobs such as an assembly line worker, national chain restaurant host, research biologist. Now there's a bit of a stretch of a gap ever mm-hmm. on uh, different job roles, uh, consumer products, marketeer, uh, small business owner, and is a board of directors member and has shaped uh, Heather's unique perspective throughout all of that on personal branding and careers. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what she does when she is not working with her clients. And I'm going to ask her some questions about her book uh, as well that is available on Amazon. And we'll find out how to get a little bit more our hands on that a little bit later. So Heather, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And, and as I'm facing wind and rain over here, you've been shoveling snow. So you've got your own yes. weather conditions over there to deal with. So t- tell the listeners uh, a little bit about where you are and, and how much snow you've had. It's always good to talk about a little bit about weather as well. We're obsessed about it here in the UK. So tell us a little bit about it. Understandably so. It's uh, So I'm in Chicago, Illinois, and we did not get a lot of snow through the holidays, but then after we've made up for it. So last night, I think we got maybe four or five inches in a few hours. Yeah. So quite a bit to shovel out, especially if you want to get up and get out the next morning for school yeah. and work and all. <laughs> I always remember going to Canada the first time we ever went to Banff skiing. We'll talk about skiing before the recording started. And we did ski school and, and we, we didn't intend on skiing. I know we went to a ski resort, but we intended on going and doing all the trips, you know, the ski doing, the dog slaying, the helicopter rides and all that kind of thing. But we did do ski school and the day after we finished ski school, we went up Sunshine Village and we said, this is a bit unfair. You know, we got off the chairlifts and we said to the guy, this is very unfair. You know, we've just done ski school and you've taken away all the lollipops that tell us where we're going. You know, we've only just learned to ski a little bit and you've already taken the lollipops away. And the guy on the chairlift said, we haven't taken them away. We just had four feet of snow overnight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and it, for, for somebody from the UK, that is just unheard of, having that amount of snow overnight. So, uh, yes, it's incredible how, yeah, how you guys and, and other people that are in snowy climates deal with snow. And that's why it catches us out so much. But, uh, 
Yeah, so uh, keeps you warm shoveling the snow anyway, if nothing else. That's a good workout. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you you mention here about your hobbies, uh, hiking, kayaking, swimming, mm-hmm. and of course, drinking coffee with a good conversation. So hopefully today will satisfy the good conversation. But tell us a little bit about the, the coffee that you're drinking. So the coffee I'm drinking now is from a small farm in Kona um, on uh, the big island in Hawaii. My, this summer, my husband and I took our four kids there for a vacation. Right. Uh, we had to replant it a few years in a row because of COVID. So we were very excited by the time we got there. And ironically, both of us um, secretly ordered gifts from this farm to be sent home for to give each other for Christmas. So one of his, because I love coffee, one of yeah. his gifts to me was this coffee from this farm that we visited. And I've got to ask, uh, and of course the holidays have gone now, so we're okay, we're safe with this, because I don't want to uh, burst any secrets or let anybody down by knowing what the gifts are going to get. But what did you get him then? Um, well, it went the same thing. I got him macadamia nuts. Ah, okay. So from the farm. Yeah, great. <laughs> They're very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Hawaii is one of those places where I've always been interested to go there but it's one of those places I've never felt that I know enough about to actually know enough to sort of really have it on my bucket list of somewhere to go. And I feel that it should be, but never know quite enough about it to make that valid judgment really. So if I was to think about why I should go to Kona, is there anything you could tempt me with to add it to my bucket list? (sighs) Well, I, for the big, we actually went to a couple of islands. And so for the big island, you have Volcanoes National Park. So okay. to be able to hike and explore and learn about the history of uh, how the volcanoes shaped the islands of Hawaii and, and many of the islands in the Pacific Rim, really, really very interesting. And the fact that it, it is a living, breathing volcanoes, or there's multiple living, breathing mm. volcanoes on the island. So you, you really um, get the chance to understand what that means. It's very awe-inspiring. So uh, the hiking's amazing. The yeah. water is breathtaking. Uh, the ocean's just beautiful. Great. Well, the, I think that's enough. The, the volcanoes did it for me. If I can learn something <laughs> about how you know, the earth was formed and islands were formed, such as why, then, yeah, that's, that's a great thing. So when you're drinking your coffee, Heather, how do you take your coffee? Ideally, I love a uh, latte, okay. but realistically, when I'm at home, it's uh, with, you know, a splash of milk. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's, I always find lattes, I'm not a big latte fan, I must admit, but if I'm going out and I know I'm going to be drinking quite a lot of coffee in a meeting, then I tend to go more for the latte because it just softens the coffee a little bit and just helps you drink a little bit more of a mug full without having to have you know, that huge dose of uh, caffeine or take the edge off the back of the throat as well. So uh, yeah, I can understand the latte. Definitely. Definitely. So what's your, what's your favorite coffee when you're not drinking coffee from the farm on Kona? Um, one that's hot. <laughs> I am very busy. So it's, it's any, no, the favorite coffee would be, you know, what you just said is the idea of having a latte during a long meeting or, um, you know, with a friend or a colleague, 
So I think coffee always tastes better when you're having a conversation with someone, especially if it's in person. I, I really miss that over the last couple of years. There's a good many of my colleagues and friends who I would regularly get together with uh, to discuss work and, and whatever yeah. um, over a cup of coffee. So I really miss that. Yeah, I've been really fortunate with a lot of clients because a lot, some of my clients work in the construction industry and the industry kept, kept working. People were still in the office. So actually, I was able to still go to their offices and have right. meetings with them and have a coffee. And it was other people were talking about isolation. I was very fortunate that I wasn't fully isolated in that way. I would still be able to go out and see clients and deal with clients and still have that coffee. It's interesting in our local town, we're, we're a market town and it's a very quaint, very medieval town that I live in. We've got a castle in there and a big river runs through it. And people on a Sunday were walking out into the town with their dogs. And we have some market stalls. Of course, the market wasn't open during the big lockdowns we had over here. But people were just going, having a takeaway from the local coffee shops and from the local Starbucks, and then sitting socially distanced as we could in groups of no more than six that we could just talk it. And sometimes it was just strangers that we were talking to. But it was the conversation that we were there for. It wasn't the coffee. It wasn't even mm -hmm. to walk the dog. It was just to have that conversation with people. And that was so, so important. And thinking about what your business is, is about and thinking about, obviously, building personal brands and having that career. Do you think that lack of conversation or that isolation, do you think that's had a huge impact or how would you describe the impact that it might have had on people and their their lives and their careers? Certainly it requires a lot more effort. I think when we were, you know, in the work um, workplace when, when before COVID, it was a little bit easier because you'd be able to facilitate the type of water cooler, we call them water cooler conversations. Yeah. Um, within a business that allow you to establish who you are within an industry, within a business um, on a much more personal level. Yeah. Um, and certainly uh, the lack of events, conferences, um, you know, a reduction in those opportunities, whether it's being part of a conference participant or being on a panel or a speaker, that yeah. definitely had uh, an impact. However, I will say that the people who did make the effort to utilize what opportunities they had, whether that was uh, you know, online webinars or finding new ways to reach their audience or to communicate who they were within their industry or within their companies, there, there's a lot of ways you can get that done um, mm. that weren't maybe considered the norm before. I think all of us spending this much time on Zoom and other platforms for meetings. We, we didn't do that before, but think about how many more people you are able to reach that way or how sure. many more people because of the lack of geographic distance allow you to have those conversations and develop those relationships. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting uh, as well that I think we have had to create different personal brands. So we've yeah. all changed our backgrounds that are behind us to reflect <laughs> the kind of people we think we are and what people want to see and mm -hmm. 
yeah, I see people, particularly on the news, that yeah, when you saw them two years ago, their their backgrounds were very bland and perhaps they were very professional, but now you see personal photographs appear. People have become a lot more comfortable showing their personality through their Zooms or their team backgrounds. And of course, you know, your, your bio mentions here the unique perspective on personal branding. Is, is there anything you can share with the listeners of, of how that personal branding can be dealt with online? And also, what can we do to deal with that as we get back to more face-to-face and getting back a little bit more to business as usual? Certainly, there's uh, there's two things there. The one you just referenced is is the um, having to reacquaint ourselves with being in person again. That mm. is going to take some time, and I, I think we we need to give ourselves some grace and patience um, with ourselves and with others, uh, especially for people who fall into the introvert realm. Um, it is is going to be difficult getting used to that. Um, your first point you know, what people need to be considering now with their professional or their personal brands is consistency. Honestly, how you consistently show up, what you're known for. And that really requires a lot of self-awareness and taking the time to understand exactly what you said. How does this all impact who you are within your business, within your industry, within, you know, the companies you work for? And I think, you know, it's trying to deal with that with our career as well, isn't it? You know, where does, mm-hmm. where's this taking us? Not just where we are now, but I think we've become very um, careful at looking at different perspectives of our, of our lives. But as we do get back to normal, we've got to start looking forward to, you know, the next 12 months mm-hmm. and the next years. And we felt a little bit out of control of that, haven't we, as, as we've gone through. Um how, what kind of difference has that made for you and for your business, do you think, that different focus on where you're going next? Uh, there's, especially with talking about uh, careers and career transitions, you do always need to have a forward-thinking plan mm. and considering making decisions that are a little more strategic in terms of not just where you want to be next year, but where you want to be in the next two, three, four years ahead are very important because oftentimes where we want to go in our career will take time to build to, you know, whether that requires you to um, get experience in a certain industry or to uh, spend time getting a certification or to, you know, another degree or some, you know, to study on it. Um, It's, it really, it really, the change I would see is the opportunity to gain access to those uh, ways of growing yourself and, and growing your career yeah. have changed. So online courses are becoming much more prevalent. Um, yeah. Leadership training, uh, leadership development online, much more prevalent. And better um, quality too as well, aren't they? Oh, completely. And then even to consider um, the openness for large corporations and even small businesses for remote work, the opportunity to apply for and be part for a job that does not even is not even within driving distance or a train distance of your home are huge. And, you know, from the employee's perspective or the corporate perspective, the opportunity for them to really 
compile and design teams to work together from the top qualified applicants around the world. I mean, that really changes the dynamic of how you present your personal brand because you're going to be competing against a very different applicant pool going forward with your career. Yeah. I'm interested as well, what you said there about the, that time that it takes to, to change and to build that career. Because I think one of the words that uh, grinds me a little bit, I must admit, and I'm sorry, listeners, if, if this is one of your favorite words, but it's that word pivot. It's become almost <laughs> one of those buzzwords like Zoom, isn't it? You know, we should all pivot, but it's not so easy to pivot with our careers because it does take time. We do have to learn new skills. We do perhaps mm-hmm. have to de- you know, develop certain characteristics of ourselves to fit into a different uh, career path. And pivoting is not that easy when it comes to your career, is it? No, it's uh, been discussing with a lot of my colleagues over the last few weeks, um, the importance of uncomfortable growth is the fact that in order to grow, oftentimes, if not all the time, you need to push yourself beyond your, your comfort levels and really, um, you know, understanding that comfort levels are not just like doing something or learning something you, you haven't learned before, but also the comfort level of knowing it's going to take time and it's not going to happen overnight. So I, I think, I think maybe one of the reasons and correct me if I'm wrong, that you don't like the word pivot is it sounds like it's such a specific point in time when in reality, a truly well done pivot, especially, and and I've helped a number of people through this, especially during a career transition is is a long-term plan and it does take months or even years to get there. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. I think, you know, the the reason it it sort of grinds with me a little bit is the way that people have used the word pivot. It's almost of today you're doing one thing, you know, take part in my six hour training in and tomorrow you'll be doing something <laughs> no, no. different. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing is it's been so instant because it, people have felt that they need to make that instant change. But yeah, you know, whilst you can do something in an instance, you can take that first step because that isn't an instance that that progression and that evolution, uh, which is exactly as you say, that's part of the pivot does take more time. And it's not as many people buy into the, the quick fix, you know, the magic wand, one day I'm, you know, Cinderella and the next day, you know, I'm back to being cinders, you know, it's that kind of thing. So yeah, definitely. So thinking about your, your own business, uh, Heather, what's been a sort of significant shift or significant um, evolution for you? So the biggest shift, uh, I've always worked with clients, you know, all over the United States. I think the biggest shift for me is not being able to see them in person. Mm. So I have clients coast to coast and that's, you know, how, you know, the distance they are from me is further and further and further away. Um, so that I would say that that has definitely shifted my work, um, Although I was, I did one of my clients is in LA and I was able to travel out there um, and see her. And that was incredible to have worked with her for a number of months and then to actually meet her in person for the first time. So do you think uh, recent times have actually meant that your customer 
distance has increased then uh, and you know i've certainly found that you know we're talking you know in different parts of the world and you know and i think this podcast is chatted to people from New Zealand to Hawaii. I've actually had a guest from Hawaii right at the beginning. There's, it definitely seems to have increased the distances that we feel comfortable in working with people. I mean, I've, I've got um, a coach that I've worked with for 12 years. And when I first became a coach, I knew I needed a, a great coach myself. And obviously now as I coach other coaches, I, I see the benefit of that even more. But I've never met him. We've worked together for 12 and a half years and we've never physically actually met. Uh, and that's quite usual for me. But for many people, that isn't quite so common, is it? And you know, how, have you seen those distances expand? Yes, there's two things there. One is it, it's wonderful having the opportunity to really connect with and have the conversation with minds from all over the world that are in your field because of the level of playing off of each other you can push the dialogue um, about a topic so much further and you learn so much more and the access to uh, thought leaders that was not there a few years ago has really been wonderful I've truly truly been grateful and appreciative of that Um, the other thing is you talk about the conversation and the opportunity to really deepen relationships with people. It was one thing when to have a client have phone calls with me who lived many, uh, many hours away. Yeah. It is quite another thing to have the opportunity to see them over a video, com- video conference call. Um, I, I, I can do my job a lot better if I can see them. I, I can see what they're reacting to. I can listen to what they're saying and then be able to see um, how that's playing out in their mind or the, with, you know, there's, there's much to be said about the depth. I think it was one of, um, one of the episodes you did with Ian Moyes, I believe. Yes. yes. I mean, yeah. Maybe pronouncing his name wrong. I'll yeah, apologize. Spot on. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so he was talking about the difference between conversation and communication yeah. and your point earlier is it's very easy to just shoot an email or a text or even, you know, comment section, LinkedIn discussion or Twitter discussion. But is that truly a conversation? It can be, but it really depends on the time and effort put into it, but nothing replaces the, you know, the one-to-one discussion that you have with an individual over a phone, over a video. Uh, And I've just, uh, earlier on today had a client meeting with some of their supervisors their construction business and we were talking about that very thing that one of the supervisors supervisors had had an exchange of emails with a client and they both reared up like two stags oh my because they were winding each other up yet the words didn't actually have the intent i'm sure of how they were taken but because each of them had taken them the wrong way, it just escalated and escalated and escalated to the point where they were about to lock horns. And thankfully, my client saw it and like, whoa, hold on a minute. You know, I don't <laughs> think that's what you actually meant by it, was it? No. Well, and the, but that's how you've taken it. Yes. And with communications, you don't get that same level of intent of the meaning of the words that you do in a conversation, do you? And that makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So 
tell me a little bit about the book. You've, you've got a book. Just give us a title of the book and tell us a little bit about the book. Listeners, you, I know you can't see, but I can see it in the background there on, on the bookcase uh, behind Heather. So just tell us a little bit about the book and how that came about. So uh, the book I finished um, during the pandemic was Fun and yep. Fulfilling Careers, One Question at a Time. I It was created by request from my clients, my colleagues, um, friends had said, what you've been doing over the last few decades, like what you do with your clients, how you're able to walk them through. That's why it's called one question at a time, knowing the right questions to ask to get the answers that they needed or to get them to, you know, give themselves the answers that they needed to move forward in the careers or businesses. Um, they, they said, you, this is very unique. This method is very unique. Could you um, just do me a favor and write it down? You know, could you just write a book for me? So there was this strange seven month period where literally almost every person I was talking to had said the same thing. It was like consistent. I repeatedly people asked me, could you, you should really write a book about this. Have you thought of doing that? Um, and at the time it was very busy, but I said, okay, well, clearly there must be something in this. So uh, I started writing it. It took me about almost three years to write it. There's a lot of research um, and, you know, psychology, um, careers, uh, business, uh, journals, whatnot in it, um, a lot of business books referenced in it, uh, so that I could explain the methodology with, you know, background research. So it's a really nice setup. There's small vignettes, um, uh, discussions and essays on specific topics to get really set up um, the individual for each step of the process. And then they're followed by uh, exercises where they can really reflect and, and look at their situation and what they're trying to accomplish. So it really walks them through the entire process of creating a personal brand with a goal and then a plan in place to make it happen, whatever their goal is, whether it's, it's to make a career transition, start a new business, um, you know, achieve uh, an increase in rank in their company. Yeah. So I'm sure the listeners are thinking the same thing that I'm thinking uh, as you were talking there and three years, I mean, you know, credit to you. That is, uh, that's a, a good effort and a lot of research and a lot of hard work. And I think we underestimate sometimes how much work goes into the books that we read and, mm -hmm. and thank you for confirming that. But you mentioned their personal brand. Okay, uh, and I know I mentioned it in, in the, the intro uh, for you as well, but many of the people are thinking, what, what exactly does that mean? Is it the way I dress? Is it, you know, do I have to put on a particular persona uh, of, you know, how I look, how I behave? Just explain to us a little bit of what you mean by personal brand and, and then give us a little bit of an insight of what difference that can make for us. Certainly. So a personal brand is everything that you demonstrate or show to everyone you meet. And what's important about this is that the best personal brands are authentic, consistent, and purposeful. Uh, you look at it this way, everyone out there, you already have a personal brand, whether you think you do or not. It's not reserved solely for celebrities and influencers and, you know, the C-suite. It really is for every individual. Think about 
the colleagues that you have, and if you were to leave the room, what they would say about you with respect to your place in the industry and business, or even your clients. What's important about a personal brand is that by, you know, and it is everything down to even how you look, how you dress, the way you speak, the words you use, um, the experience that you bring with you, everything you've done in the past, your skills, your talents, um, you know, the ones that are inherent to you and natural, as well as the ones that you've worked to achieve and to attain. Uh, That's all part of it. And then the way you communicate that is through your interactions with others. And that can be online or offline. It can be in, you know, whether or not you're someone who makes sure that the customers you have always get their sales, what they've purchased from you on time. It's every aspect of that and what they can expect from you, what they've come to believe you represent. Mm. So how that can help you, how a personal brand can help you is by having that consistency, you become trusted and you become um, someone they look to, to accomplish a goal. So that will help you in that it's very easy for someone to refer a provider or a service provider or a person if they can say, I know from their personal brand, if I refer them, they will show up. They will do the job they say they're going to do. They're going to provide the service they say they're going to provide and they'll take care of them. It's much easier to refer a person. That's how many people get business. It's also, if you think about um, in a large corporation, there's a new project going on. Well, who's going to be tapped to be pulled onto that team? If you've been consistently showing up and you're, you know, you've done an excellent job meeting your numbers, your KPIs, your, you know, you have a record of return on investment and being a good team player and managing well and being able to connect people, then you're going to be tapped to that team. And again, given an opportunity to really showcase yourself and move your career forward or your business forward. Yeah. And I suppose as well, thinking of what about those last few words you just said there, if somebody is perceived to be uh, a go-getter, an outlier, somebody who works better under isolation, if there was a project that needed that kind of focus and that kind mm-hmm. of getting away, then I can see how the difference of those two personal brands would depend upon the selection that people would make in that corporate business for that project as well. And you bring up a very interesting point there and a very important point. So you think about that person who works best in isolation with a focused, maybe a crisis, an important, uh, you know, heavily weighted project and how that's where they perform the best. Well, if that's where they perform the best, they'll probably enjoy the work more, Mm. correct? And if they enjoy the work more, they'll do better at it, have a better outcome, and in the end, be even more engaged in their work, keeping them engaged in their work leads to employee retention. Mm. So if you think about, you know, at the end of the day, if, if our goal is to have high productivity teams, you want every one of those team members doing the work that's really going to inspire, motivate, and encourage them to do more, to be more. Yeah. I've got to ask this question uh, and I'm going to come on to the, the fun and fulfilling careers in, in a moment, because yeah, I see so many of my uh, clients that I take on as new clients and they take a brilliant employee. They take onto their team. They recruit them. 
they feel blessed that they've started working with them. They pay them a good salary and then they turn them into a really bad employee. And very often it's because they, sometimes they think they push people too hard into positions that they don't want to do, that they don't enjoy doing. So putting that nice, consistent team player into a isolated, you know, crisis driven project is not going to fit them very well. And all the skills in the world don't mean that they're going to enjoy it and they're going to have fun at it. Um, and I think for me, you know, the, the title of the book, The Fun and Fulfilling Careers, is not just for us as the employees to think about, but as employers, we need to satisfy that, don't we? Because if we don't look at that, we're going to turn people from great employees, great team members into really bad performing members of the team. You know, what's your take on what you've seen in the way that people have done that, turning good people into really bad people. And then they end up getting rid of them, don't they? They have to. They end up parting company by whatever means. What's your take on that, Heather? So it's interesting about, oh gosh, it was two weeks ago, um, one of my friends, um, Marty Constant, who is an expert in career agility, uh, was talking about why people leave their jobs. You know, yeah. why are people leaving their jobs? And the number one reason in the research that she was referencing was they had a bad boss. <laughs> so exactly your point. Yeah. If you are not taking care of your employees and managing them well and developing them well, you're missing out on an opportunity. And, and one of two things will happen. One, you'll get poor performance, which is not what anyone wants because that doesn't lead to the business getting done or growing or they leave. So Mm. Neither option is good. No, no. So how how can, uh, and this is, I suppose, we'll, we'll come back to how people can contact you and get a copy of the book in, in a second. But if you were to give the listeners some tips, some lesson to have a fun and fulfilling career. And of course, as, as the business owner, as the, even if I'm a solo entrepreneur, mm-hmm. I can still have that content. I can still, you know, have a business in which I, have fun and I feel that I'm fulfilled and I'm being fulfilling in what I do. What kind of tip or lesson would you share with the listeners that helps them with that? I would start with self-awareness, you know, taking the time to actually figure out what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy, what you've been successful at, uh, what you hope to do in the future, what are you excited about learning? Because, you know, as we've discussed, development is a very important part of having a fulfilling career. If you're doing this, you know, sometimes I guess you could do the same thing over and over and over again, but to truly uh, have fulfillment, there needs to be some form of development moving forward. So being open to that, yeah. but that all takes yeah. a very high degree of self-awareness and it, it's hard. I, I know it's hard for people to find time to do this, but um, that was part of when I was writing the book. I, my editor and I discussed a lot. I said, I want this to be an enjoyable read. I don't, this should not feel like homework. It should not be, uh, feel difficult. It should feel, people should enjoy their time spending with this book because they're, they're doing important work to make their lives better. Yeah. So if they don't enjoy it, they're not going to do it and they're not going to get <laughs> their lives better. So, so I would say taking the time, it's worth the investment, taking the time to really do that self-awareness piece. Yeah. 
and, and it's interesting because as you were mentioning there about you know wanting the book to be fun to read yes that just made me think that's consistent with your personal brand which yes. is yeah the fun and fulfilling careers you know you've written a book on it it should be fun reading the book and again that's that level of consistency isn't it of being true to that consistency and true to your values and what you know what you are about that's really important isn't it yes so how can people connect with you and where can people grab a copy of the book and just give us a title again of the book? Yes. So the book can be found on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Uh, I've been requested to create an audible version. So Yay. apparently that's going to be on my list of things to do this year. Yep. Good. Um, that's ticked so my that's box. coming. <laughs> yep. That's Good. it. That will be coming. And um I'm excited about that. Uh, And then, so on Amazon, fun and fulfilling careers, one question at a time. Uh, How to reach me, um, Heather H. Bennett on LinkedIn or heatherhbennett.com. Or you can go to my business website, creativebrandcoach.net. And that has tons of free resources on everything from whether or not you should partner with someone for a business to um, social media recommendations to how to do an excellent elevator pitch. Um, So lots of help. Yeah, great. And it's uh, Heather, H-E-A-T-H-E-R, then H for middle name, and then Bennett, B-E-N-N-E-T-T. So the listeners get it right. Yeah, great. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure if they search on Amazon and they can't quite remember the title if they remember heather h bennett then they'll be able to find you on through through the author as well so that's good i'm very easy to find on google <laughs> good good and yes for me um yeah i do read books i mean i've got the mandatory bookcase behind me uh but i tend to as the listeners will know i, I tend to listen to a book and then i buy it for reference and then i study the book so i listen to the book <sighs> to see if it interests me and it intrigues me and i feel it's worthwhile and then if I do, then I'll buy the physical book and then I'll study it and I'll reference it and I'll put post-it notes all over it and bookmarks and things like that. So, uh, yeah, Audible definitely works for me. So that's a big tick in my box. So if you could give, uh, I know you've given us so so much to think about all, already and, and thoughts about our personal brand and you've just given us you know, a great tip there. If you could give the listeners perhaps you know the questions that I was going to ask beforehand but you know have you got a prepared lesson or tip that you want to share with the listeners today or something else that you would like them to take away that they can do something about straight away as well as that self-awareness certainly so one of the exercises I do myself and I have um, the people I work with do every year and and I also I do this often in uh, webinars and Um, retreats and presentations, because it really gets people thinking about about their careers and their lives in a a more accurate way. What I I call it is a time map. And it's the idea is you're using a mind map. So circles with lines leading to things. And you start organizing your life on one page with you at the center, put you in a nice bubble in the center. And then from that, put all the different parts of your life. So that would be, and and there's a graphic in my book that shows this. Um, 
So it would be like, what work are you doing? What are the projects you're doing? And it's basically how you're spending your time. Who do you take care of? You know, is it parents? Is it pets? Uh, for you, it's horses, I would imagine. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, is it children? Um, are you a caregiver? Um, also, what volunteer work you do? What hobbies? Do you belong to clubs? Okay. Um, friend groups? Think about major events during a, a good way to look at this too is your um, professional associations is to look at your calendar and see what's consistently coming up year mm. over the past year yeah. and how you're spending your time. And then once you have that all on one page, and it normally is very messy at this point. So if you need to rewrite it, that's okay. Yeah. But um, look at each of the different parts and which parts are bringing you that fun and fulfillment, which ones do you look forward to? Or, you know, obviously there's going to be ones with commitments and you can't let those go. That, no, that no. is what it is. Yeah. Um, but the, for the areas of your life that you can change, is there something that you want to get rid of in order to open up space for something else? And mm, then okay. to be able to have the, uh, the time or just to take the time to think about, yeah. well, I can't get rid of that today. But what if I could get rid of it in three months? What would I need to do? Or six months? Yeah, gotcha. To open up the space and then leave, leave a nice bubble, you know, to the side that maybe isn't connected that says, this is what I want to go, where I want to go. This is what I want to add to how I'm spending my time. Yeah. And what do I need to do to get to add that? Yeah. And I love the way in doing that to actually identify which of those are fun and fulfilling. Yes. because sometimes we just do stuff and we do it because it feels normal and natural and it's what other people expect of us but very often we don't have that self-awareness which was the other tip of mm -hmm. is this actually fun am i enjoying this mm -hmm. you know, or am i just almost flatlining and just going through the motions without any kind of emotional connection or fun to it so i think yeah that's a great exercise i love that that's great and listeners you need to do something with that. Don't just listen to what Heather's just said. Do it. You know, grab a copy of the book, get the, the graphic in there, but just go through the exercise that we've just done as well and do something with that. I think that's really, really important. So final question then, Heather. Okay. Uh, and this is an interesting one. So I'm going to change this uh, slightly then. Uh, I usually ask people, if you were to have your next coffee in a dream location, where would that dream location be? Okay. But as things in the world are changing now, and certainly over here in the UK, I know some people are locking down more, but as over, certainly over here in the UK, we're almost you know, going to be at the end of this month back to normal. Who would you have that coffee with? So if it was almost a dream person that you would have that coffee with, who would that be? Who would you want to have? I think particularly important for you because you want that good conversation. Who would you want to have that good conversation in a coffee with? Wow, that's a really good um, okay. So, all right. So right now I'm, uh, finishing up I have a few weeks left in my certification, um, in a board of directors course. Yeah. Um, I've been on board of directors. Um, I'm the chair of one right now. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing and how I'm able to strategically advise organizations. I'm looking to expand what I'm doing with that to okay. join mo more boards going forward. Um, so in this group, there's, I'm in a cohort of 12 women. I would 
like nothing more than to have uh, because it's all virtual. I would like, yeah. and they're from all over the country and all over the world. One is from Africa um, and at Canada, like, you know, all over. And so to be in a room with all of those women and be able to have coffee with them would be absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's something to add to your bucket list then something to try and make happen because it's, I think, things like that we need to cherish and make happen that we you know we need to you know think about the value that will bring to us and if we can make it happen you know let's make it happen i know you know you and i uh, know harlan and you know harlan was going to come over here to the uk to see elton john and we were going to get together yeah. i've got another coach that i've worked with uh over from nevada and she's coming over and we don't work together anymore because she had to give up her coaching business because she uh, had a cancer scare and he's still undergoing treatment mm. for cancer. And she's decided, you know what, life's too short. I'm going to travel the world. And she's coming here to the UK. And she said, you know, would, you, would we get together? And I said, yeah, no problem. I said, you know, it's about a four or five hour train journey to get to where she's going to be. So oh, no, I don't want to put you out. I said, no, I will no. come four hours. Yeah, You're going around the world. I, I can gladly give four hours of my time <laughs> to get on a train and come and see you. And I think we're just going to make these things happen. Haven't we? So I think that's a great, a great answer and a great thing that you should try at least with some of them to try and make it happen. I think that would be fabulous. I think end that. of July, we're making yeah. plans. <laughs> great. There you go. There you go. Listeners, you heard it here first and we'll, uh, we'll see how you, we'll check in some time in the future and see how that worked out. Well, you've been a, a fabulous guest. You've given us some insights and helped me in particular define what personal brand is, is about. And I'm sure listeners, you've taken something of value away from what Heather's mentioned as well today. Um, it's really important listeners, that you take some action from what we've been talking about. Uh, and yeah, thank you for giving up your time, Heather. It's been an absolute delight. And just, just give us the name of the book again and just the name that we can find you on social media with as well. Certainly. It's uh, Fun and Fulfilling Careers, One Question at a Time. And you can easily find me at Heather H. Bennett. Thank you. This has been fun. Thank you so much. Great. Uh, and as, as we were talking, listeners, uh, I just saw a black thing. I, I'm, I'm sort of second story up, and I've just seen a black thing go by the window in the wind. And then my wife sent me a text message that I've been talking and saying, our patio table has just left the garden. Where, where it is, I do not know. <laughs> so that's going to oh. be my thing. Now I hang up from this. But yeah, that's, I've never had that in a podcast before. I actually see garden furniture, two stories high, flash by the window so that'll be an interesting thing to go to next but listeners as always this is part of my mission to help you be better aware heather's talked about self-awareness so so important better educated you've had heaps of education and do the exercise hold yourself accountable do the exercise and have a look at that time map and work out which of those elements on that map that on tiny map or tidy map whatever it is have a look at which of those are fun and fulfilling. And of course, check out Heather's book on Amazon as well. Fun and fulfilling careers, one question at a time. And I look forward to having you all on the next podcast. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.